Welcome to the Oceans Ministries Podcast. Here's your host, Tim Spikestra. Welcome to uh, Ocean Ministries Podcast. I'm excited to do this one today um, and talk about what does the Father's Kingdom look like? Uh, I think especially today in the world that we're living in and all the stuff that's been happening in our world, um, that can be a real downer. Uh, when we talk about the kingdom and experience the kingdom of God, uh, there's just transformational stuff that takes place and, and incredible joy. And I think the Father is just longing for us to enter into his kingdom and experience that. And and, and the, the reason this podcast happened today is I was in Africa in August and I get this email from this uh, guy named uh, Perry Icor. Icor. Um, is that right, Perry? That's correct. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, little did I know what was uh, what was going to happen out of that. But out of that email, uh, I was invited to to go to California and meet uh, five crazy guys. One of them I knew, and I knew a couple others a little bit. Um, but we had a meeting, and uh, it was incredible. And the Holy Spirit was there at the house. And uh, the guys who were there and, and their wives were there, too. But it was Kevin Hardy and uh, Perry Icor and uh, Chris Congleton and Jeremy Zeidema and Brian Vanderteg. And um, God has done some incredible work in their lives and the kingdom is breaking forth through them. And so I just want them to share a little bit about what's going on, what God's doing. And uh, so just, hey, guys, introduce yourselves, OK? OK. Um, Start with Brian Vanderteg. Brian, uh, say your name for everybody, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so I can correct how you say it. Yes, uh, I say it wrong every time, even though we've been friends for years. So. That's right. Uh, I'm Brian Vanderteg. Push Jeremy now. Tell Jeremy to say something. Uh, yeah, I'm Jeremy Zydema, and I just uh, wanted to thank you, Tim, for uh, having us on here tonight. I really do All appreciate it. All right, Jeremy. Great. And uh, this is Kevin Hardy. Hi, Kev. Hey, Tim, this is Perry Eicher. Hi, Perry. And Tim, this is Chris Congleton. Hi, Chris. It's great to have you guys. You're in California. It's being recorded in San Luis Obispo. So uh, I love technology, and I love Henry, who's doing this for us. So, hey, thanks, Henry, uh, for doing it. But, um, yeah, God has done some great things uh, through you guys. And Jeremy Zydema, um so cool because my wife years ago taught Jeremy and now to have Jeremy's a teacher at Ontario Christian. And he kind of organized this trip from Ontario Christian High School. Um, Jeremy, just just briefly tell me, uh, you know, how God used this experience in your life as a teacher, taking students and taking these fathers of some of the students with you. How, how did it impact you? Well, I, I can start by saying, I mean, it was one of the most, uh, well, it, it started as one of the most maybe terrifying things that I've ever done because I'd never done anything like this before. Um, it was one of those things where I was a member of the travel committee at, at Ontario Christian and um, they were looking, we were looking at different trips that we could do and we had sent a couple of teams from from uh, from Crosspoint CRC, and so there was a lot of familiarity there with Beautiful Gate, and um, the idea was to try to get a trip together. 
And uh, we were sitting in the meeting and everyone just kind of looked at me and said, hey, how would you like to do that? And I was kind of taken aback. But to be honest with you, it's it's so amazing because God did so much more than I could have ever imagined through this trip. You know, his presence was on it the entire way. Um, I, I would be the first one to admit to you that I am not like a super organized person. I'm not a super like get out there and go after it type of person either. So mm-hmm. I feel like I would be like the last person in the world that God would want to pick to put <laughs> something like this together. Um, and it just, it just, it's amazing to me. And it puts it, you know, it puts me at awe of, of how he was able to even work through, through me. And cause I, I honestly would readily admit numerous times, I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, still, his hand was on our trip the entire way. It was amazing. Mm. And uh, something my pastor said uh, just a couple weeks ago actually really struck me. He, he was talking about he, – here's a funny thing. He was talking about Impalas actually in church. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, he was talking about Impalas. Impalas, and we saw some on our trip, they, yeah. can, jump, they can jump 10 feet in the air, mm-hmm. right, and 33 feet you know, out in a long jump to try to get away from predators. But the amazing thing is when you go and see them in the zoo, there's a tiny three-foot fence around the enclosure. And, you know, the reason why is because impalas, even though they have this amazing leaping ability, they've been equipped with this amazing leaping ability. If they can't see where they're going to land, they won't jump. Mm. And, zo- and zoologists know this. Mm. And that just really struck me because it, it really, for me, paralleled kind of how I felt. I was looking at this tiny three-foot wall, and to me, it seemed insurmountable because I didn't know what was on the other side. And once we made that leap, amazing things happened, and amazing things have been happening ever since. And mm. um, the only answer for that um, can be that it's 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 a God thing. And so mm. that's just mm. a little gist of it. I could probably talk all day long. So I'll try to- <laughs> that's awesome, Jeremy. I love it because all you do, you said yes, and. Even though we feel inadequate, God loves to use our weakness and our, our feelings of inadequacy. And so awesome. Great, great illustration. Uh, one of the dads on the trip was Kevin Hardy. Kevin, you were with your son, right, on yes. on this trip. How was that? How was going with your son all the way across to Lesotho, Africa? I think your son's a pretty... Uh, good soccer player. Um, got in, You can tell about that experience too, but just, just tell us a little bit about that experience of going with your son. Well, it was, um, it was incredible to, to get to experience, uh, the trip with him. You know, as a dad, you want to allow your, your children to spread their wings. So, uh, at first, uh, didn't know if I was going to go or not, but he, he kept pushing. He, He pushed, the whole group really to go, got all his friends to go, and then single-handedly got all the dads to go. <laughs> and uh, and my wife was like, if, if he's pushed, you know, what 17-year-old wants their parent to go? And so, mm. you know, I said yes. And just getting to watch him interact with the kids, uh, his friends, the, the staff there, it was it was incredible. I think I learned more watching him than than myself i mean it was pretty incredible and they played a soccer game against some uh juvenile prisoners right they did how'd they do they they did very well yeah they they did got to play almost every afternoon they played in the in the community right there next to beautiful gate uh yeah give that kid a ball that's all he needs (laughs) 
Oh, that's awesome. Um, Chris, uh, your daughter went. And uh, what was it like on a father-daughter experience? What, what was that on impact on you? Well, <clears throat> never being outside of the country and and taking on such a, a huge uh, journey, it was like seeing my daughter for the first time and mm-hmm. watching her just open up. Crossing over the border from South Africa into Lesotho, we walked across and you could see some apprehension and fear. But once we got to Beautiful Gate, she really opened up and to see her just play with the children that were there and just she at that point she really was in her environment because she loves kids she loves the to help them to just to be around them and having that opportunity to see my daughter who i look at as still i i have to show her and explain things but when i saw her at the orphanage at beautiful gate it was like seeing her take off and do what she was meant to do Mm. and just to see her immerse herself with these kids and just show love to them and receive love from the kids was it was an incredible experience and it actually helped me get out of my shell with uh the the children and really just allow them to show love towards me and open up but uh just to watch her experience so many things in Lesotho and develop and grow was incredible. And uh, but there was one opportunity that we got when we when we went to Samong Kong and we 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 were hiking to the waterfall. We're, we're standing and looking over this 400 foot cliff, and as we're walking away, she almost became paralyzed mm. because of the fear of the the cliff. And at that point. That was one of the times in the trip that she actually asked me for for her for help. Other than mm. that, other than that experience of her having to need my help in that dangerous experience, she was just on her own, and that mm. was just a, a wonderful thing to see. You know, I heard uh, your kids go to Ontario Christian. I heard uh, many of them, the the kids that went, were on the homecoming court. Is that right? Yes, now that was an incredible thing. I mean, having this these four kids, these two girls and two guys that are been going through high school the whole four years and being very close and being involved with sports together, to see them in their senior year all get elected by their students, their fellow students, and be on this court together, it was that was an incredible thing to see also because it showed that their peers looked at them also and and saw that they had uh, they were good role models and mm-hmm. I really think that Lesotho and Ontario Christian and just their friendship has grown so much over the four years and to have them all on the court together was uh, just wonderful to see also. Yeah, I, I get the chills thinking about it. But somebody had told me. Uh, that was there that, um, you know, they all, they shared about their experience and and that life changing work of God when they're in Africa. And uh, I just thought, wow, you know, here's a homecoming. And sometimes that can be, you know, crazy about the person, but they gave it all to God and shared about what God had done with them in Africa. And, uh, 
you know, way to go, dads. Good job with your kids. <laughs> so, um, hey, Pastor Brian, how you doing, man? I'm good, buddy. How are you? <laughs> uh, Ryan and I, we pastored together for uh, many years, and I always tried to get him to go to Africa with me, but he, he always said no. Um, <laughs> but to these guys, he said yes, and and you, you got a chance to preach in Africa. What was that like? Oh, man. Yeah, thanks for that, by the way, Tim. <laughs> um, you know, it was really... Um, in one in one sense, you know, really difficult. I didn't have much time to prepare, and you know, when you when you think about writing a sermon or preaching, you think about resources that you use here in the states. And when I was there in Africa, I didn't have any of that, and and in a way that was really good. Um, but God put on my heart a text from Exodus that you and I both really love, Exodus thirty three and thirty four, and. Um, just, I think God's call for us to be desperate for him, um, in all things. And, um, and so, yeah, gave a word from that, but what was really cool Tim, was that in that service, the pastor, pastor David had been trying to get a hold of me the whole time that we were in Lesotho, um, through the, through the phone that you had given me, but it was kind of just on the bed in the bedroom and we weren't really using it. So I had no idea that David was trying to get a hold of me. So that morning I showed up and he said, Hey, I've been trying to call you all week, wondering what you're preaching on. And so, you know, sorry about that, Pastor David. Uh, but what was really awesome was, and just to know how God was um, interweaving or weaving his way through everything was just the music that they that they sang, their worship team sang that morning, lined up so incredibly um, right on with Exodus 33 and 34 about Moses's cry for God to show him his glory, uh, God revealing himself to him. And one of the, the very last song we sang, do you guys remember that? Um, I had never heard it before, but the actual words were all about show me your glory. It was like specific to that text. And I just stood there going, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, you know, uh, a different church, Tim, right, than uh, maybe uh, what we're uh, accustomed to worshiping at. And yet so beautiful, the heart of the people um, in that church. Uh and you can just sense a hunger for the Lord there, um, and so uh, yeah, that was that was that was a good experience. I'll never forget. Mm. Uh, that's a good segue because you know you you talked about God. You know, show us your glory, and um, and I think He did that with all of you guys and and your kids when He brought you to Samong Kong, about two two and a half hours away into the mountains, a beautiful area little chilly that time of year because it's winter. But one of the things that God did was bring you to the Samong Kong um, Children's Center and Orphanage for kids that are from babies to high school students. And it's in a beautiful area, but because of different circumstances, this orphanage had been terribly neglected. And God brought you to that place, and it was like a holy moment. Um, Perry, uh, share a little bit about that. Cause this is what I want people to hear too, because God didn't just bring you guys to Africa to have a good time and say, we've been in Africa. God arrested your hearts or what we like to say, he ruined your hearts. Um, but Perry, just 
just talk a little bit about that experience of, you know, you went from Beautiful Gate, this pristine um, care center for babies one through five uh, to this other care center and just kind of explain what that was like. Yeah, well, we really had not made any plans whatsoever to travel to another orphanage. It was a a second thought that was going to happen along our way to what we thought was the primary purpose of our day to go and see this amazing waterfall. And kind of on a side, um, one of the gentlemen that was with us asked if he could divert us over and stop in at this orphanage just to see how things were going because they had a couple of kids that had been transferred there. And, uh, and I think the idea was that we would be there for, you know, five to 10 minutes and then hop back in the van and take off and go and, um, you know, never in our wildest dreams. You know, that was the day that we were supposed to take for a rest. That was a rest day from the service work and the working at the at Beautiful Gate. But he had prepped us and said, hey, look, you know, Beautiful Gate is it is a, you know, this is a standard bearer for, you know, what an orphanage should look like here in, in Africa, really anywhere. Mm-hmm. And this place is is falling on hard times. But if you guys don't mind, we'll just pop in there real quick. And and he, it wasn't an alternative motive on his part. It was just something that was it was appropriate for us to do as we drove by. And we got out and, and, and started walking around this place. And, you know, we were immediately struck with, uh, you know, the, the conditions. Um, you know, it was run down and uh, apparent lack of staff, apparent lack of, of supplies and, and, and proper housing. Uh, Chris actually went into the kitchen and observed that they had, you know, half a bag of flour and maybe uh, seven or eight uh, shriveled up potatoes and a little pot of gruel on the stove. And that was it. And he asked, where's, where's the rest of the food? Where's your pantry? And the one person that was on, on staff that day responded that, you know, that was it. That's what they had. And, uh, and we were dumbfounded. We were just shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, we continued on and, and looked at the rest of the facility. We asked some questions about, you know, why were they in such a state and, you know, what could be done? And, um, and it really did, it kind of, the hook was set, you know, we didn't realize it at the moment, but, you know, we kind of all looked at each other and said, Hey, this is, how can you come here and walk away from this? How how can you just walk away and, and, and not do anything? And, uh, so that's really what happened, you know, and we didn't have any grand plan. We, we, we had no idea where this would take us. We just knew that as we left that facility, the three of us or four of us looked at each other and said, um, you know, we got to do something. We don't, we're not called on to be the solution, but uh, there's got to be some way we can be a part of a solution. And if we do nothing more than get some money over here to the center so that these kids can be fed for the next month, how bad of a deal is that? And that mm-hmm. was really the, the genesis of it. Mm-hmm. So that, that was, that was it. And, and you got back, you got back to the States, and God won't let you guys go, right? Well, we didn't even make it back to the States. The problem was we got back to a Beautiful Gate that night, and Chris said, hey, look, I, you know, I have the ability to get in touch with my wife. We need to wire funds over. And I thought that was really cool because, you know, we get busy in our lives and, and, and have things going on, and we kind of knew that if we didn't jump on this thing, you know, in that moment, you know, God didn't. He didn't ask us to wait. You know, he put it on our hearts. It was no accident that we were there. It was no accident that we'd witnessed that. It was no accident that we were in a position we could do something. And we literally uh, had funds wired over to cover their debt at a grocery store 
uh, within 48 hours of, of having been there. And I don't say that because it was anything great we did. I say that because it was amazing how, how God worked on our hearts and then allowed, you know, this crazy process of transferring funds from the U.S. to them in a manner that, you know, hopefully they were able to get food, you know, fast enough so that some kid didn't didn't go hungry for a night. It was, it was crazy. One thing I need to clarify is that I did talk to the choral director uh, where Brian uh, gave the sermon at, and, and he, he said that actually what it wasn't that, that, that the music fit Brian's message. It was that they had the music laid out, and they were really grateful that Brian got the right message for the music they had. And that's what I'm sure that that's Thank you. Oh, boy. Uh, God uses all types. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. Uh, but, you know, going back when I, I was able to come back from Africa and go to uh, Kevin's house and we had dinner and talked and uh, I was just so blessed because the Holy Spirit was working in all of your hearts and his kingdom was exploding and there was enthusiasm, there was joy. Uh, God had put in, put vision on all your hearts to to go back or to help in any way you can and um, and your kids had that same they would all go back tomorrow if they could um, because you tasted the kingdom you tasted uh, what's on God's heart and, and it was really interesting because Perry um, went to a church a, a few weeks back and he heard this message from Isaiah 58 and so he sent, the guys uh, who went to Africa, he sent me um, that sermon, and I, I watched it and uh, was blessed by it. And I just thought, how fitting, because, you know, what is the Father's kingdom look like? And so when you have time, those of you who are listening, uh, read Isaiah 58. And I, I think during the days that we are living in, God wants his church to live into Isaiah 58 and what these guys experienced from California coming from Ontario Christian and their businessmen and professionals. And yet God just arrested their heart. And Isaiah 58 is about, um, you know, what is true religion? And, and it, it talks about what is real fasting. And, and these people are fasting. They're going through all the religious motions. And God says, you know what? Uh, that's great and all, but that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for hearts um, that love me and hearts that are willing to be obedient and walk in the kingdom. And he says, this is, guys, this is what I want. And this is Isaiah 58. He says, is this not the kind of fasting that I've chosen to loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed, the prisoners free, to break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry to provide the poor wandering uh, with shelter, when you see the naked to clothe him or her and not turn away from your own flesh and blood. And then it says, here's the promise. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and that your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call on the Lord and he will answer you. Um, and it goes on. So, you know, read that if you guys have a chance or you're listening. Um, but this is what this team was doing. And uh, they saw there was no food and, you know, conditions were poor and, and they acted and they walked into the father's kingdom 
and uh, God wouldn't let them out of that. So it is so cool. They got back to California. Um, they're working on how can we bless this Samong Kong Children's Center. And so a group of us are going back actually in January, the end of January, January 25, we're doing a, a Oceans uh, mini conference. And then we're going to go back up to Samong Kong. So if you're listening and you want to see what God's doing, uh, you're, you're welcome to, to join us. But, um, you know, guys, I just I thank you for your hearts. It blessed me. Um, we don't know exactly what God's going to do in Samong Kong, but God, again, arrested your hearts and, um, yeah, did some, some work there. Um, yeah, so, you know, as you guys go forward, how can we pray for you guys? How can we um, encourage you in what God's putting on your heart for the Samong Kong Children's Center? I guess this is Perry. I guess my prayer is that... Uh, you know, we keep the we keep the momentum. We keep that that ball rolling. It's so easy to let uh, other things, you know, get in the way to to get frustrated over the difficulties of trying to work in a place that's so far away that operates in a culture that's so different, in a time zone that's so far removed. Um, and it's very easy to to let that slip. And and my prayer for our group is that you know we would continue to be energized, continue to be moved and touched. And, uh, and and keep going because I think there's so much more that God has in store for us if we're just willing, you know, to pick up and move forward. Amen. Anyone else? Any uh, any thoughts as we end here uh, from you guys of what God's saying to you, what God's doing in your heart? No, I don't think so, Tim. Uh, this has been awesome. It's been fun. Uh, this is Brian, by the way. This has been really fun for me to be a part of this with these guys um uh they as you as you've learned they they are guys that don't want to sit still they will move and make things happen and and uh and so it's exciting to be a part of that with them tim and yeah i think you know one thing uh maybe that came to my mind to pray for is um you know just that others would be able to experience what we've experienced and you've said it really well it's the kingdom of god breaking into our hearts um and we want others to experience that. And so uh, part of this is not some, we don't want to keep it to ourselves. We want to tell, tell the story. And so thanks for this opportunity to do that. Yeah. Um, and, and we'll keep, uh, you know, we'll keep seeing what God's going to do here. I, I'm excited because he's up to something. And I'm just so thankful that you guys all said yes. And so for those of you who are listening, please pray for these guys. And we'll put some stuff on our website and how to maybe get in touch and how you can come alongside of them. Um, but again, I think the days we're living in, God wants to show his kingdom and God wants to show uh, the church that that bust out of the building and into the streets and not just in Africa. You don't have to go to Lesotho, but where you guys live in Chino and Chino Hills and Jeremy, as you teach at Ontario Christian, the kingdom is all around you. And they're hurting people, and there are people that need the love of Jesus Christ. And, you know, our world is just crying out for that, as we saw in Las Vegas, what, you know, just what, what the depths of, of pain does, the loneliness in somebody's heart. And, and that's all over the place. And um, you taste it in Africa, but God wants us to bring it wherever we're at. And so thank you guys, not only for doing it in Africa, but I know you're doing it in Chino and Chino Hills and your kids are doing it. As I heard about what happened at homecoming, 
Um, so yeah, God's God's kingdom, the Father's kingdom is breaking forth. Thank you for being a part of it. We'll uh, keep people in, informed of what's going on at the Hmong Kong Children's Center. And if you're listening and you want to see it for yourselves and meet some of these crazy guys that are going to go in January, uh, just shoot me an email and we'd love to have you join us as well. So, hey, guys, thank you so much and God bless you. And thank you for listening uh, to Oceans Ministries podcast. Have a great day. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Thank you for joining us. To hear more episodes or learn more about Oceans Ministries, please visit oceansministries.org.